How's everybody doing? Happy Easter. Everybody looks nice. Good to see you. We're so glad you are here. Uh, welcome online. Uh, thank you for joining us today. If you have never been here before, my name is Pastor Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Church. Um, if you have time, I'd love to meet you out in the lobby after service is over. Uh, so come introduce, introduce yourself. And uh, we're so thankful you're here. And so just to let everybody know, uh, we've been going through a series called uh, The Voice of a Shepherd. So if you missed it, it's been really good just to let you know. Uh, Rick, a couple weeks ago, he talked about how, by the way, sorry about the light. So I'll try to keep it entertaining in case anybody gets distracted, all right? Uh, after service, we're going to take a samurai sword and chop all those down, so don't worry. Uh, but anyways, uh, Rick did a great job. He, he talked about how we have a different kind of shepherd. Uh, Clark, last week, he talked about how uh, Jesus was not only the shepherd, but he was also the Lamb of God, and how everyone's eyes was on the Lamb. You guys remember that? Um, and really, Sunday morning's great. Easter is even better sometimes. But I'll tell you, talking about shepherds and lambs and sheep, you know, it can kind of be kind of a funny topic, right? Because we don't run into too many sheep and shepherds, and we don't see those things on a daily basis. Um, but it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys ever remember, does anybody, I'm going to be kind of, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit. Has anybody ever had a Precious Moments Bible? <laughs> right? Reminds me of the Precious Moments Bible. I had one when I was a kid. Uh, I don't, I, my mom, thank my mom, she actually got, I don't know if it was like a BOGO, and she got the little lamp that had matched the Bible. Uh, had the little children, and, but it has lambs and sheep, and everybody has really cute puffy cheeks, and their eyes are sparkly, and the whole Bible is, is great. I couldn't read much, but I kind of knew what was going on because of the pictures, right? It's really just a picture Bible if you're wondering what it is. Um, and in each, each section of scripture, um, there's all these little lambs and shepherds. But um, we've been talking about all of these different animals and, and shepherds. And the reason why we've been talking about this and the reason why Jesus talked about this is he knew the culture that he was talking to. Okay, like he knew what was going on in Israel. He knew livestock and he knew shepherds and he knew that they would be able to identify with what was going on. Also, this was a, a prophecy out of Ezekiel 34. We're not going to go through it today. Uh, but he was kind of fulfilling that prophecy. Um, but to better understand it, I want to go through John 10, if we can. And I want to point out three different characters in John 10. Um, it starts off in John 10, 1. It says, truly, truly. Okay, and just before we go a little bit further, I want to let you know, truly, truly, it means, uh, NIV, it says, verily, verily. Uh, nowadays, translation, it would mean, listen up. Okay, because of chapter 9, chapter 9 was the story of Jesus healing the blind man, um, and then uh, he was born blind, and the, the crowd was nervous about it. They knew that there was tension between Jesus and the Pharisees, and so they took the blind man. This isn't what we're reading right now, but I'm just telling you the story. That's what chapter 9 was about. But they took the blind man to, uh, to go see these Pharisees, and the blind men were, or I mean, I'm sorry, the Pharisees were mad about the blind man being healed. Um, you know, they called him a sinner, said he said maybe he wasn't really born blind. Um, and so uh, uh, the blind man kind of challenged him back and says, I don't know who this man was that healed me, but I just know I was blind and now I can see. And so they took him and they threw him out on the streets. And Jesus went and chased this guy down and, and found 
the blind man, and then the Pharisees and Jesus have this confrontation. So John 10 is actually a very confrontational. That's why he said, listen up. So that's who he's talking to. And he says, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door, we have a door on the stage if you didn't notice, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The figure of speech, uh, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So uh, Jesus again said to them, he said, truly, truly, or he said, listen up. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. All right, so the first character that I want to point out to you is the good shepherd. Okay, and the good shepherd is Jesus, if you didn't pick up on that. And here's what he's doing. He's announcing to uh, the audience, he's announcing to the world, he's announcing to us that he is the way, that he is the only way. And if you know anything about Eastern shepherds, okay, not different from Western shepherds. Western shepherds would be like cowboys. But Eastern shepherds, okay, when they lead the flock into the gate or into uh, the pen, the shepherd would often lay at the door of the gate. And that way he prevents passage, whether he wanted the sheep to stay in or he wanted to pre prevent any predators from getting in. And so he's saying that he is the gate. And all you have to do is walk through the door. And he's also here claiming that he was the good shepherd. Okay? And that good shepherd, um, it's very specific. And it's interesting that he would say it because uh, in saying it, he also is saying that there are bad shepherds. There are some not-so-good shepherds, okay? Um, verse 12, it says, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13, it says, He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for sheep. All right, so the second character we see are thieves and strangers, Okay, thieves and strangers. Also, uh, he called them hired hands, and he's addressing the Pharisees. That's what he's calling them. And a hired hand, if you don't know, it actually means a wage worker, and this would have be, been a huge insult to these Pharisees. Um, um, and the, the name the thief actually translates into false teacher. So y'all remember last week, Clark kind of took away Good Friday. Does everybody remember that? Right? wasn't nice of him, was it? <laughs> he was trying to show that, you know, X amount of days equals not Friday, okay? Friday to Sunday, it's not three days if anybody's doing their counting or math, and he did a pretty good job explaining that. Today, I want to take away something from you as well. I want to take the devil away from people, okay, or Satan, and you might say, well, that's good. I'm glad you're going to take the devil away from people, um, and what I mean by that is everybody says um, the Right? I don't know if you guys have ever heard this in your life, and you can show me your hand, but anybody ever heard that um, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy? 
Has anybody ever heard that? Or the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've heard it, and I've preached it, and I've, and I've really thought about it. Um, but here, just to help you guys out, uh, he is not addressing the devil. He's not talking to Satan. He's not talking about Satan. He's not talking about the devil. He's calling the Pharisees thieves. He's, calling, he's telling them that they have for years stolen and killed and destroyed by bringing the law, by bringing condemnation, by, by not only doing that, but also telling other people, this is the way that you get into the kingdom, is you climb your way, you make your, your way into the kingdom by doing all of these things. And so unfortunately, he is addressing the Pharisees when he's talking about thieves. Um, verse 14 He says, I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The third character represented here is sheep, which is us, right? It's us. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, actually it was about a month ago, Leslie, Clark, and I all were sitting down, and we were discussing what we were going to be talking about. And we knew that Rick had his thing, Um, Clark you know, had a really neat story about the lamb. And Clark kind of was like, well, Matt, he's like, you probably got some kind of crazy story about lambs and sheep, and you're probably going to throw that out there. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, I don't have any crazy stories about lambs or sheep. So I thought, I really need a story about lambs and sheep. So... I decided, oh, I needed some stories, okay? He's pretty adorable. Um, so yes, I did buy a lamb a couple days ago, uh, and I have probably five to ten years worth of uh, lamb stories. Um, and my daughters thought he was a girl, so they called it Princess. And as soon as they found out it was a boy, they quickly switched his name to Prince. Uh, and Gabe said, Prince, like the artist? No, Gabe. They just wanted to switch it to Prince. Um, isn't he cute, though? He is adorable. Um, so what I wanted to show you, y'all, is that what do you notice about sheep? The, the thing I've noticed the past couple days is that they're actually pretty defenseless. Right? I've chased this thing down multiple times, and all I have to do to get it to stop is just touch it, and it stops. And it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't even have teeth. I've put my fingers in it to get stuff out of its mouth, and it doesn't bite me. It doesn't have sharp teeth. It doesn't even know to bite me. It thinks, it thinks I'm doing something nice for it. Would you guys give it up for Prince real quick? Good old Prince. All right. So pretty defenseless. In fact, if you were to put them out into the wild, they would turn into what you call a snack. All right? Um, I have other sheep, this is verse 16, that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Verse 17, it says, for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay, down, lay it down of my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. 
this charge I have received from the Father. I remember in first grade, okay, so Jesus called himself the good shepherd, right? He called himself that. He didn't call himself a lot of things. In fact, he avoided most names. He, he would let people say something, and he'd say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but can you keep it on the down low? I am the son of God. Yes, you're right. You called it. Um, but this one, he actually comes out, and he says, I am the good shepherd. Okay, in first grade, uh, it was new, I was new to class, and the teacher wanted to get to know us and wanted to know if we had any nicknames, all right? So she had us write names down, and I was like, okay, I'm going to write. And it says, she said any name, right? Nickname, whatever you want to be called. And I said, okay, I don't want to be called. So I wrote down, and then she collected everybody's papers, opens it up, starts off the class. And she looks at me, and she goes, okay, attention, class. Uh, Matthew has told us that no longer he doesn't want to be called Matthew anymore. He wants to be addressed as Mr. Seifert. <laughs> right? I was serious. I was dead serious. It only lasted about a day. Uh, she quickly got over that, didn't want to call me Mr. Seifert anymore. I don't know why, right? I'm hoping that after we leave here, you guys will address me as Mr. Seifert as well. No, please don't. Um, but Jesus could have called himself anything. So why did he go with good shepherd? He could have called himself good. He could have called himself shepherd. What makes the good shepherd so good? That's my question today, okay? What makes the good shepherd so good? Number one, protection. John 10, 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He goes before them. He goes out ahead of them. You heard Clark's story about the lamb that went out and that all the eyes were on the lamb. Um, my family, just to give you a quick little peek into the life that I live, um, but my family loves to leave the door unlocked at our house, right? I'm not gonna, now, if you show up at our house, it's probably not a good idea, but we leave the door unlocked. And, and also, when we go on trips and stuff, um, multiple times have they left the door open, okay? So when I pull up to the house, guess whose job it is to go in first? It's my job. It's not even a discussion, right? We pull up, I see the doors cracked, I kind of say, why did we do that? Chastise whoever did it, okay? Then I get out. I walk up to the house, I go inside the house, I open every closet door that I can open, okay? I look under every bed, make sure there's no snakes or, or bear or anything because of where we live. Uh, I check behind the shower curtain because that's usually where the bad guys are at, right? <laughs> Y'all know, I know, that's where they're at. Um, and I, I realize, okay, we're good. Now, 10 times out of 10, 100%, okay, I come out and I wave to the family, come on in, okay? Now, we've never discussed it, but if I didn't come outside, <laughs> right, that means something happened when I was in there. I'm hoping that they would know to call the police or get in the driver's seat and drive off or whatever, but it, I, every time I come out, thankfully, right, everything, to, and, I, and what I do is I wave that the coast is clear, and what Jesus did with his death, burial, and resurrection is he went in and he came back out. And what he did for us is he said, the coast is clear. We can all come in. He opened the door in such a way that if we go through him, we get to have fellowship with the Father anytime we want. Right? I love John 8, 29. It's not, not going to be on the screen, but it says, I am the first among many. 
many brothers, right? And the reason why he was that was because he was the first. He paved the way so that we can be children of God. My kids will ask me all the time. We'll be leaving school, and they go to school with all sorts of different people from different religions. And my kids will ask me, like, why do we, why do we believe in Jesus? Like, what, I mean, what, because they'll, they'll, they'll talk with kids in their school, and we encourage it, and we don't, you know, we don't tell them to preach at kids, just to have conversations. But they're like, why is Jesus so special? And I, I tell them, I said, he is the only one that ever died and rose again. He's, and, and that's recorded, that we know about in the world. And then he not only did that, he paved the way that so the whole world can follow that as well, Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The good shepherd went in, ahead, went in ahead and came out and said, the coast is clear. Verse 5, it says, a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Voice of strangers, right? It's a unique saying, stranger danger, when I was a kid. Um, strangers say to do it yourself, okay? Strangers or people that are thieves will tell you, you've got what it takes to please God. You've got what it takes to be righteous. You've got what it takes to do everything that you need to do to make God love you. Good shepherds tell you, don't go in. I've got this covered. You don't have what it takes. I am the only one that had what it took. The second reason the good shepherd is so good is because of connection. John 10, 14 through 16 it says, I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own know me. Verse 15, it says, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also. He's talking about the Gentiles, okay, which must have made these <laughs> Pharisees upset. And they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. They know my voice. Does anyone talk to animals in here? Do we have any animal talkers? My whole mom's side of the family, for some reason, talks to animals, right? I mean, there's even a higher pitch when we do it, specifically to cats, right? It usually sounds like this. I mean, cousins, uncles, aunts, it's all on my mom's side. Kitty, 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 right? And I do it, too, and my wife's like, why is he doing that, right? Or like we make a noise, like, right? It's like a signature noise. I don't know what it is. I've done it. I've even done it to a bobcat one time. A bobcat was going by. I was like, kitty, kitty, and then it started coming. I was like, no, 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 close the door, <laughs> right? But we, there are things that we can learn like that about our father. Maybe you don't talk to animals. Maybe you talk to your cell phone. Okay? Maybe you've trained your cell phone, Siri. Right? I'm careful to say it too loud, but hey Siri or whatever, hey Google, and, and your cell phone's like, hello, how can I help you, right? Um, and other voices it doesn't recognize. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we have such a good shepherd that we actually need to train ourselves to know his voice in such a way that when we hear other voices, that those are not familiar, Right? I mean, have you guys ever been to church or been talking to people about God and you're like, that doesn't sound like God. That sounds a little off. I don't really like what that says. Something doesn't sit right. Um, the voice of a good shepherd never says, God loves you, but he's always mad at you. 
The voice of a good shepherd never says, God is impressed with your giving. The voice of a good shepherd never says, he only loves you when. The voice of a good shepherd never says, he's holding back because you're still sinning. The voice of a good shepherd always says, I love you no matter what. The voice of a good shepherd always says, I'll never leave you. That good shepherd, he always says, I want to give to you just because. Right? That story that I told you about in John 9, the healing came before the belief. Right? Most of the time, we always think, well, you got to believe, you got to believe, you got to have faith, you got to do the right thing. But Jesus wasn't worried about that. He gave the healing not fully dependent on whether the person was ever going to believe. It's good to know we have a connection with the Good Shepherd because it, it helps you to stay calm when the world is freaking out. Anybody ever notice the world's freaking out? It's just freaking out. It's only going to freak out more, just to let y'all know. Because if he is good and he's with you and you know ma no matter what, he has your best interest. He is good because we have a connection. David understood this in Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's personalizing. He has a connection. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Okay, now one thing I can tell you about having this lamb within the couple days. I'm going to give you a little. But this lamb has like adopted my oldest daughter and definitely recognizes her voice, definitely knows when she's around, but it would not calm down unless she was in the room. The moment she leaves, ah, ah, right? Like, ah, I'm like, oh my gosh. Should have got a dog. Dog, we put a little lamb hat on it or something. I don't know. Anybody want to buy a lamb before service is over? Uh, but sheep have been known for being extremely skittish and not lying down. In fact, they will die because they're so afraid of not being protected. But we have a good shepherd. This, the rest of this part, I believe Coolio wrote, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What a strange thing to say. Has anybody ever thought about that? Like your rod and your staff. Like people think of like punishment or correction, and I understand all that. But can I be honest? I've never called up my dad and said, Dad, I'm so thankful for the black belt that, I, that you used when I was a child. Like the thin one, right? Not the thicker one, the thin one. That one was the good one that really brought me a lot of comfort, Dad. I'm so glad that you did it. Mom, those wooden spoons, those were it. That was the ticket. Got to the point where I started breaking them over my leg, hiding them, all the things, right? Y'all know. I was a good kid. Um, but we might have a misconception about the rod and staff. Shepherd use, shepherds use their rod to count their flock. The shepherd would hold out the rod at, uh, at the end of the staff um, and have all the sheep pass under it, one at a time, counting each animal as it passed. For believers, it means God lovingly acknowledges us. He counts us as his own, as a part of his family when we pass under his rod. He offers us assurance of his continual presence and protection when we follow him wherever he leads us. So passing under his rod is not a method of discipline or correction, but rather a source of great comfort and faithful love. The staff was used to help guide the flock. Unlike the hired hand, he would never leave us abandoned. The staff was also used as a rest 
for the shepherd signifying we too can rest. If our shepherd is resting, we can rest and that he is going to take care of us. The good shepherd is so good because number one, protection. Number two, connection. The third reason the good shepherd is so good is number three, perfection. Perfection. Matthew 5, 48. It says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. We're going to close with this, but be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. And you're like, there you go, Matt. That was setting them up. You gave them the old right hook. You told them that God was going to, you know, be connected with them and all the other things. But now you're going to tell them now they need, he's also our shepherd so that we can be perfect, so that we can live up to God's standards. That was it. WWJD, right? What would Jesus do so that I can try and do all those things so that I can please God? You got them, Matt. That's right where you want them. Good job hitting the people with that right hook of perfection. But Romans 3.10 through 12 in the living, it says, As the scriptures say, no one is good, no one in all the world is innocent. No one has ever really followed God's paths or even truly wanted to. Everyone has turned away. Obviously, he's quoting from Psalm. But all have gone wrong. No one anywhere has kept on doing what is right, not one. So my question today is, how do we reconcile being perfect and if no one is good? Right? Like Jesus made that challenge. And if you look back at when he was talking, he gave all of the Beatitudes. Then he was kind of like bringing up the bar, right? And he said, basically, you got to love your enemy. You got to do good to them that hate, hate you. You got to pray for them, which the disciple will use you and persecute you. You know, if he does this and you got to do that. And then he got tired of telling all the people and the Pharisees because, you know, the Pharisees were like, I can do all those things. I, I got this. And Jesus finally just said, you know what? Go ahead and be perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly father. It was an invitation to let us know that in and of ourselves, we will never be perfect. And if we want to know what this actually means, we should probably ask the good shepherd, right? If we want to know how to be good, that's who we should ask. Verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Why is the good shepherd so good? Because he laid down his life for the sheep. I love verse 18. It says, no one has taken, this is a new American, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. The invitation to be perfect in Matthew 5:48 was showing us that we are never going to be perfect in ourselves. The perfect shepherd became the Lamb of God as a sacrifice in order to lay his life down for the sheep. Jesus had to be good because as scripture said, no one is good. No, not one. What makes him so good is he was the only one who could be good enough. That was it. He was the only one. We are defenseless. Y'all remember the little prince that I brought out? We are defenseless to be good in and of ourselves. Only thieves break in and steal. Sheep follow the shepherd. When scripture says, take up your cross and follow him, it's saying, take up your cross and stop trying so hard. 
Stop trying to live all these rules and standards and commandments because I'm telling you, if you actually counted them up, you would give up so fast. I'd be tired. I don't even know them all. Because if you don't, you'll, if you don't know who your good shepherd is, you, you will listen to thieves who will tell you to be perfect and that your heavenly, then that way your heavenly father will listen to you. But I love the scripture that says, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be sons and daughters of God. We have an instant connection with him. Jesus was good so you could be good. Jesus was the son so you could be a son. What's the difference between a stranger and a good shepherd? Strangers tell you to climb your way into salvation. The good shepherd offers salvation freely. Strangers strangers tell you to lay your life down. The good shepherd lays his life down. Strangers preach rules on stone. The good shepherd rolls away stones. He was the one who rolled away the stone. He took my sin with nails alone. Somehow he could be both shepherd and lamb. He calls himself the great I am. He went before us to pave a way in our hearts. He'll forever stay. In John 10, besides Jesus, there were only two other characters that were there. There was the Pharisees and there were the sheep. They were the people that thought they could do it on their own. I could be good enough. I could do everything that I need to do to please him, to climb into the kingdom. And then there was those that were defenseless, that realized that they have to go through a door in order for that. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. There is only one way to be able to have fellowship with the Father, to actually be good, not even be perfect, but just to be good. And that is just knowing our good shepherd. Amen? Would you close your eyes with me? I just want to pray with you today. And if you're here today, you've never asked the Lord to be in your life. Look, I just want you to surrender to him. Just say, God, we just thank you, God, for who you are. And God, I ask that you speak to each one right where they're at. You give them wisdom, God. You help us to know who our good shepherd is. You help us to listen to who you are. I thank you, God, that each one that's here, that you'll guide us and you'll lead us to places of abundance. As the world is freaking out, God, we don't have to because we can look to you, who was not only the shepherd, but laid his life down for us. We love you, God. We honor you. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you.